Hello, this is Annie Catherine, host of the multi-award-winning podcast, Soulful Series. Thank you for joining me as I chat with award-winning authors who have written a memoir or nonfiction motivational book and have an uplifting message to share. Hi, everyone. I am here with Michelle Mansfield. She is the author of The Honest Mom Project. So, Michelle, so excited to see you and have this chat with you this morning. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to see you, too. I wish that we were back at Graham's. I you know, know. That, that we could do it there. I know the sound probably wouldn't be the best, but, you know, it was so nice to meet you face to face and find another local author. So thank you for having me. Yes, yes. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Michelle and I live very close to each other. We're in the same town, and I was so lucky to be able to meet her at their, our local coffee shop. And I was thinking, of this would be amazing if we could do this together, like in the same room. But I, I got to figure that out. I do I'm too. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I'm like, it would be cool to do like a live podcast somewhere. And then it's like all that stuff you got to think about. So, yes. so it's on the list, right? Yes, it it's on the list. <laughs> so I finished your book recently and I resonated so much with it. Oh my gosh. I was, I was kept nodding my head. Yes, yes, yes. It was just crazy. And you know, I wish I would have I I knew of you because we were in different circles, but I wish now after reading your book that I would have known you at the time that we both had toddlers or newborns, because I think our journey would be a lot more <laughs> enjoyable. <laughs> oh, I know. Don't you like meet people now or especially as like an author, you're going around doing all your events and you're meeting all these people that, you know, especially with your topic of your book and friendships, it's you meet people that they're like, I felt that way, too. And it's like, well, why didn't we all just get together and talk about it? We would have felt so much better. But, you know, it, it it's true. All the people that I'm interviewing and meeting on on social media, I'm like, man, if I would have known you 10 years ago, I wonder what my postpartum experience would have been like. Yeah, I agree because there was just so many things that I had went through that you went through. So let's talk about what your book is about and what inspired you to write it. All right. That's a loaded gun right there. So <laughs> it, it originally started more like a diary, like journaling, um, I was kind of anti-journal. You know, you, you hear people like, journal, get your feelings out. And I'm like, I don't have time to like scoop my litter much more, you know, read read a book or journal or whatever. But, you know, you learn how to make time for stuff like that. But anyways, um, I remember in 2018, just kind of starting to get like things out on paper and meeting women online on Instagram. So that's why I do not knock social media because the, the women that were being honest online really saved me and created this book. Like I can't take credit for my book a hundred percent by any means, even 50% to be honest. And it, it was just meeting these women that were being vulnerable, talking, you know, writing things out where I was like, oh my gosh, that was me kind of probably like how you felt. And I felt that way. I went through that. 
So my book, to be honest with you, these aren't like groundbreaking feelings, but it helps to have someone else say it first. (laughs) And then you're like, oh my gosh, even if it's one person, you're like, I'm not going crazy. Um, I, I have someone else out there that I can direct message or just keep reading and get that confidence. So I honestly, I remember being in downtown Aurora, Brooklyn was taking classes at, or a camp at the Paramount one summer. And I found this amazing coffee shop right on the river. And I just started writing, thinking, journaling, whatever. And then, you know, people out there, when you tell them what you're doing, they're like, why don't you write a book about it? And here we are, 2018, 2020 to 2023. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I w- was wondering if you kept a journal and now I wish I would have, but I have your book. I just go back to it and read it and be like, yeah, that's, that could have been my journal. So, oh yeah. <laughs> but I applaud you for finding the moms who were real and who you could talk to on social media because honestly I joined some moms groups in the area and I would try to talk to some of the moms about what I was going through and how I felt and it was almost like the women didn't want to hear it and they were well that's not that's not my experience and then I felt more alone and I'm like I can't be the only one. What like what is wrong with me that I that am I the only one who has these feelings? Like I just felt not validated. And so I just shoved a lot of it under the rug. But now that I'm past it, I'm finding like your book and women who have been through it. But I had not had the support at the time. And I thought that something was wrong with me that I was feeling the way I did. So I applaud you for writing the book and finding your people because I gave up. I really did. Thank you. I mean, I gave up hundreds of times before I wrote the book. So, you know, (laughs) we all have our different paths of getting there. And, you know, I... uh, There's many reasons. I'm sure you've talked about this and you dealt with this as well as an author. Like, what... What are your reasons? What is your purpose for writing? And I, through all my like, I love to research and read way too many books and listen yes. to way too many people tell me like how to do something. But through all of those, you know, books and self, you know, when it came to writing nonfiction specifically, I really had to hone in on the why. And I don't know, some people may think I'm crazy, but I honestly did not want to be a New York Times bestseller. And that's great if that's someone's goal. I didn't want to make, I already put so much freaking money into this book and other things where I'm like, I'm not going to make money on this book. And most authors, I think, do not in the nonfiction world um, from what I've what I've heard on the streets. So um I sat, I'm like, well, why am I doing this? Like, why do I want this out there? And it was simply to like, let's say you were, uh, you know, at a mom's group or, you know, at a coffee shop. And I love to eavesdrop on conversations and kind of chime in. I'm one of those and be like, here, take it, you know, take this book. And I have people that have bought it and they're like, well, I was thinking about giving it 
to a friend? Um, do you know, should I share the Amazon link? I'm like, give them your copy if you're done. Like, just keep sharing it. Just go around and just, you know, so that was, I, I honed in finally on the real reason. I wanted a mom to read it quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I didn't want it to be too long um, or too drawn out. I wanted to break it up in like digestible ways where you could put it down for a few days, bring it back up. Um, and I just wanted a mom to read it and be like, oh, you know, like a weight lifted off and confidence to then maybe, you know, go to that next step of actually talking out loud, you know, about it. Yeah. Yeah. I applaud you also for just getting it out there and wanting to get it into the hands of the people that need it the most. And it doesn't have to be a bestseller, but honestly, the as time goes on, you might find that there's a lot of buzz around your book and people, you may see moms in the area reading it at the coffee shop or in unexpected places, because I really do think that it's something that every mom should read and will get something out of. And I hope that it is successful for you. I know okay, you're not too. into all the accolades and everything, but when you have a book this important, it really does need to to reach a, a wide audience. So I, I wish you the best of luck with that. Okay. So thank you. I I think every mom could should read this, right? But you have an intended audience. Um like who would you say is like your niche audience, your target market. It's changed. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just, it, it was self-realization of my own life. Not that I, I've realized that my life does not equate to what everyone else has lived and experienced. But I mean, I don't know about you, Annie, but like when I was a brand new mom in the survival mode, like, I feel like, you know, it's like an episode of naked and afraid by yourself, you know, I'm like, man, what, you know, you're just kind of surviving and, um, hallucinating maybe. But, um, I originally thought it was going to be that new mom. Like you see them, they're crying. They're like, I don't know what, you know, and, and they're just, they're overwhelmed and you give them the book, but were you reading anything those first like few no. months, six months, maybe. Yeah. No, I was not reading anything. I was like staring into space, <laughs> cross-eyed, you know? Yeah. So I originally, yeah, I thought that. And then I thought about my own life and when I started writing this book and really getting my feelings out. And it was when, you know, Brooklyn was like about five years old at kindergarten stage where I had some room to breathe because to be honest, the toddler stage was also very challenging and I still yeah. felt like I was in the thick of things um, yeah. and, and not reading. <laughs> and I, I really feel that it's beneficial and I've had some validation with this, even moms who have kids in high school that have courtesy, you know, out of courtesy read the book. They're, they've said that it still resonates with them. And if anything, they go back and they're like, wow, okay, now this makes sense. Yes. And it's like they've buried it like you and I both did. They've buried these feelings and experiences and how they adjusted. And they've gone through life not really acknowledging it. Even if it's, you know, just because it's been 10, 16 years doesn't mean that that goes away. 
So I, I really feel it may be a mom like me or some of the other moms that I've spoken to that have children that are grown yeah. and it just validates what they went through and they have time to read it now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, I thought the same thing when I started reading it, I thought, oh man, I wish I would have had this book when my daughter was just born. But like you said, I would not, I wouldn't have read it. I wouldn't, it it just, yeah, like you said, we were so exhausted. We were zombies. There was no way we could read it. And the other thing I thought about is what if as a mother, I had this before I had, or when I was pregnant, but then I thought, I don't know, because you kind of have to go through it before you recognize and understand it. Because if I would have read this as pregnant, I'd be like, oh, that's not going to be my life. Oh, <laughs> You and me both. I got this, right? Yeah. 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 So I think like maybe the three-year-old to to the five-year-old is the sweet spot for someone to read it. But I actually agree. My daughter is almost 11 now. And after reading this, I was able to, I, I felt like I was starting to able to let go. Let go. Yep. of some of these things that I was feeling. Well, for example, and this, and I know you commented on this yesterday, and I still feel this way as well, is I want you to talk about creating the circus around your child or children, because I think our generation does this more so than any other generation. <laughs> I know. I felt like a homeless clown at times. Like not only like was I in clothes three days old and like haven't showered and what my hair is all over the place, but then I'm trying to be this entertainer, yeah. you know, like this angry, you know, those angry clowns in movies at birthday parties that just hate their job, you know, and you're like, why are you being a clown? Like then, like, why are you, and that we should be also like, why are you trying to like do flips and all these things and crazy stuff to entertain your children? Yeah. Um, yeah, I am so guilty. I'm a people pleaser. Uh, I, I want everyone to be happy. I've got, you know, some, <laughs> I've got lots of issues, but especially with my daughter, it's the, is she bored? Is she learning it, You know, at, at this point in life, she's, her brain is doing this. I had apps that told me, you know, today her brain is, you know, this, and you should do all these things. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I remember my grandmother, bless her heart, still alive 96 with full on dementia. And she still mentions this, by the way, I'll, I'll get back to that quickly. But every time I would go to my grandmother's with her and I'd have my 10 pound diaper bag plus a 31, you know, those rectangular massive bags from 31 that people take to the pool. Yes. I would have every toy to go to my grandmother's yeah. in the diaper bag. And I would walk in like I was going on vacation and she's like, what? My grandmother's very outspoken. Yeah. And she's like, what is going on? And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, what is all this stuff? And I'm like, you know, and she's walking a little bit, let's say, let's say she's in the toddler stage. Yeah. I mean, I was sitting there visiting her, but I was on the floor like, and my grandmother constantly, every time I would go over, would you just leave her alone? 
Like, just let her play. She can just crawl. What is your deal? What are you doing? And I'm like, she, I know, let me color with her. Let me do this. Oh, she did, you know, she looks like she, leave her be. So I'm not kidding you. So I, I'm, I hate to joke about dementia, but I have to, to make just, it's been a hard road with her, but she's still a week ago. She's like, if you, she doesn't know my name half the, day, the days, but she will be like, if you just leave her alone and let her be her own person. And I come home and I'm like, she is still talking about this like 10 years later. But, you know, she lived in a different time. And so like, as well as my mom, my mom interacted with us, but she wasn't on the ground, like playing with us constantly. She had a house to clean. She had a husband who traveled and she didn't have a cleaning lady or any of this stuff. And she had twin boys along with me and I, it wasn't until Brooklyn was in Montessori, which was 18 months she started, that the, her teachers educated, not her, but me, <laughs> on how to leave her be and how yeah. it was good. I needed someone to validate it, though, for me. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I was the same way with my daughter. I felt guilty if I wasn't constantly entertaining her. I felt like that was my job. Um, but now I look back and I think, ooh, I probably should have let her be so she could be more independent and figure out what she wants to do and not be lost now. Sometimes she's like, I'm bored, I'm bored. Like half, like, like the purpose of life isn't is to always be doing something and now i tell her you know sometimes it's good to be bored go you know i now i have i can say yeah now <laughs> <Yeah>, no <now. laughs> so let's talk about mom guilt because that's a big thing too that mothers have what are your thoughts like where does this come from what does it mean and if you have a tip on how to get through it Okay, let me start with the tip. Walk with walk with the guilt. It's kind of like what you hear out there in the personal development world of walking with your fear. Don't ignore it. You know, I have a friend who wrote an awesome book called Fear is My Homeboy. She's a little on the gangster side. And she inspired me as well as other books that have that same theme of, you know, acknowledge it. I honestly feel I've always had guilt ingrained in me. It may just be in my DNA. I was that girl that felt guilty if I didn't play with, you know, a certain stuffed animal or cabbage patch doll. Like I thought they had, it was like toy story. Like I felt like they had feelings and I had guilt if, you know, someone who looked, looked like they were left out in a group when I was in elementary school and, and so on and so forth. I've just always had guilt if someone is okay, if they're happy, if they're in, that's just been in my blood. And, you know, I, I could go to therapy till the day I die. I have gone for it and it's just in me. And so instead of fighting it or pushing it under the rug, or I'm really just for me, the, you know, heck with mom guilt. You don't deserve to feel that way. That message for me just doesn't work, but it may work for others. So nothing wrong with it. But for me, what worked is walking with it and acknowledging it. And also like, what is it saying to me? Like if I feel guilty because I'm going out the door to visit, 
you know, to go out to dinner with some friends and I feel guilty leaving her at home with my husband, which you're like, why? <laughs> I just sit there when I'm walking to the restaurant, I still go and I, I acknowledge and I say, if this just means that I love being with her and it's hard and I love her and this is, I, I love spending time with her. If you don't feel those feelings, it doesn't mean you don't love your child on the yeah. other hand. But for me, I just, it made me feel better. And I, and I had to coach myself like she's with my husband or whoever I chose to watch her. And I had other people around me, you know, inspiring me saying it's good for her to be exposed to so many different people and things in school, dropping her off at this Montessori. Oh my gosh. You know, going on a weekend with my girlfriends and you know what, if the guilt ate too much at me, maybe that was the check-in point of, am I ready to do this yet? Maybe next year, you know, I'm not, not saying never, but maybe I just need to check in on what this guilt is really telling me. Yes. Yes. That's really good advice. I'm going to have to use that. So you read a lot of self-help books and I, Too much. <laughs> I read so many. What makes your book different than the others on the market? So when I, and I, I read a lot of them and wonderful, wonderful resources out there. I like that my book is very to the point and short, short and sweet. Um, you know, I tell my story, but I also feel like it has more of an aura of talking on the couch, like someone across from you, just validating, validating, validating. I didn't want it to be a memoir because, you know, I'm this broad in Geneva, like who, who's, <laughs> who's going to be interested in that. Right. But I, I wanted it to be a comfortable couch, coffee, tea, choice of beverage, and someone just to be relaxed and having someone talk to them and converse in and, and that person just to feel validated. I didn't also want them to feel that the tips that I gave were the end all be all. So I hope that the aura was also like, this worked for me. Maybe it will for you. If it doesn't, it's okay. And I'm here for you still. Here's how to get in touch with me, you know? And yeah, yeah it, and I wanted it again to be short. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you succeeded in that and I flew through it and I was so, I was happy that you had kept it. <laughs> kept it short. Even now that I'm not in the throes of it, I still enjoy a short book that packs a punch. <laughs> yeah. To the point, we don't need to talk about it for so a long time. I, I condensed it so many times. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I just, yeah, I, I mean, it, the books that I read out there were wonderful, but I kind of felt myself getting a little bit too lost in it and, yeah. and just a little hard for me to read. I kind of just was like, looking for that sweet spot that yeah. made me feel a certain way. I appreciated their stories, but I, the memoirs are hard because that's their unique story. And mm -hmm. I wanted people to know that this isn't the Bible here, but maybe mm -hmm. if you take away one of the chapters, it's a win. Yes. Yes. So what do you want readers to take away from your book? I want them to take away that it, you're not failing, you're not stupid, you're not weak if you are having a really hard time. 
adjusting to being a mom that you are a, a wonderful human if you have regrets at times or wonder if you made the right decision or miss the the life the easier life that you had and there's people out there that don't may not intentionally do it but there's this aura that motherhood is bliss and it's the best thing that's ever happened it changed this my relationship is this now and I just can't imagine. And if you're like, what? I, I kind of hate it right now. It's okay. There's not, it's not going to be your entire motherhood. Just like any relationship, there's peaks and valleys. You're getting to know one another and you're kind of dancing around things and your lives just are, you're trying to make it work. And that goes for a baby and a toddler and an elementary, like you're going to be dancing with your child and trying to figure things out. And it's okay if you have your days where you're questioning yourself and you're just don't, when you hide your feelings like I did, it eats you alive and you are numb and you can't connect with the mom you're supposed to be. And now that I finally have done that, I'm really enjoying most of motherhood Yes. And yeah, and just, but then I have my days where I'm like, oh man, I wish I was in college and just paying my rent and going out, <laughs> you know? I think, yeah. I think we all have those days where we're like, oh, just transport me back to when I was, you know, on my own. Well, and another thing that's a good point with this book and my intention was I never was formally diagnosed, which was my bad. I did not see someone. I do have depression in my history and my family where I'm like, okay, you know, you, you know, something's going on, but I wanted this book to be a book where you don't have to have a formal diagnosis or something really drastic going on to still get help. You can just be having really a really hard time adjusting to motherhood. So don't feel like, oh, well, I don't have postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety or any of the, and that's, and this can go for any, you know, this book can be for anyone, but I wanted it to be open to someone that may not have like a diagnosis attached to them, but they yeah. still need help. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So where can um, people find out more about you? So um, you have a podcast. Can you want, you want to talk a little bit about what that podcast is? Well, if you do not want to read the book, you can listen to my voice. But we also talk about many other topics besides the book. So just being honest, I have um, amazing guests, you know, just like you do, Annie, and also some solo episodes. You can listen to some of the chapters, but it's just me being honest um, about adjusting to motherhood and how hard it can be. It's not all negative, though. It's not me complaining the whole time, but, you know, just some validation. Um, for your feelings, but yeah, it's the Honest Mom podcast. Okay, great. And where can people find your amazing book? Oh my gosh, it's a wonderful little place that everyone lives on called Amazon, if you haven't heard. <laughs> but if you go to my website, I have the Amazon link there along with you know the podcast episodes. So the easiest way is to go to my um website, which is michellemansfieldauthor.com. And you can find the Amazon link. You can find episodes uh, of the podcast, events that I'm doing locally, things like that. So yeah, that uh, short and sweet. That's where you can find me or knock on my door if you're in the, in the area. 
<laughs> I might Sit on my you. couch. I'll make you some coffee. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate you spending some time with me this morning. And it was very eye-opening. I loved your book. I wish you a lot of success with it. Well, thank you. And the feeling is mutual. I'm so glad we connected. And our next goal is to get the four of us together, your daughter, my daughter. Yes. Yes. And then, yes, yeah. I think they're the same age, right? She, uh, Brooklyn turned 10 in February. So same, oh, yeah. basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sounds 10 great. going on 13. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Soulful Series is hosted by me, Annie Catherine. Soulful Series is a Vienna Studios production produced by Vanessa Ferlano. Music by Vanessa Ferlano. Catch you next time. Part of the ACAST community.